Amen. It's great to be in the house of the Lord this morning. If you have your Bibles, would you please turn to the book of Genesis chapter 4. Genesis 4, beginning at verse 1. Now Adam knew his wife. She conceived and bore Cain and said, I have acquired a man from the Lord. Then she bore again, this time his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit, the ground, to the Lord. Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry, and his countenance fell. So the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? And why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, Will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door. And its desire is for you, but you should rule over it. Now Cain talked with Abel, his brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, Where is Abel, your brother? He said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? And he said, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. So now you are cursed from the earth, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you till the ground, it shall no longer yield its strength to you. A fugitive and a vagabond you shall be on the earth. And Cain said to the Lord, My punishment is greater than I can bear. Today, we will not be focusing on the different offerings brought by the brothers though one would be wise to consider what the Lord desires. Our focus, rather, is verse 9. Then the Lord said to Cain, Where is Abel, your brother? He said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? Now, I must say, there have been times in the past where I have quoted these words. Am I my brother's keeper? I'm not my brother's keeper. The Spirit of the Lord would come to speak to us today. Be your brother's keeper. You are your brother's keeper. Cain, where is Abel, your brother? 
We know the horrific action of Cain that spilled the blood of the first martyr. And yet I wonder, do we hear the voice of the Lord asking us, where is your brother? Not that we've offered or acted like Cain, yet is there not a call and a charge to keep our brothers? Keeper, to keep, guard, protect, watch for, restrain, take care. The Lord said, where is your brother? Are we ready this morning? John 15, verse 12, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. John 13, verses 34 and 35, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this all will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. John 15, 17, these things I command you, that you love one another. First John 4, 11, beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. 1 Peter 1, verse 22, since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit, in sincere, that is, unhypocritical love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart. 1 John 4, 7, beloved, let us love one another for love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Or we read scriptures like 1 Peter 3, 8, Finally, all of you be of one mind, having compassion for one another. Love as brothers. Be tenderhearted. Be courteous. Be humble. There's a call in the Spirit today. Searching for an answer. 1 John 3, verses 11 and 12, For this is the message that you heard from the beginning, that we should love one another, not as Cain, who was of the wicked one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his works were evil and his brothers righteous. We must put away evil works and work the works of righteousness. The Amplified Bible reads, For this is the message, the announcement, which you have heard from the first, that we should love one another, and not be like Cain, who took his nature and got his motivation from the evil one and slew his brother. And why did he slay him? Because his deeds, activities, works were wicked and malicious. And his brothers were righteous, virtuous. The Voice Bible, K.
Cain. His life was devoted to evil and selfishness. His brother chose to do what is right. Where is your brother? What words are these? To what a shameful pitch of presumptuous impudence had Cain arrived when he could thus insult the Lord God. If it had not been on record in the page of inspiration, we might almost have doubted whether a man could speak so impudently when actually conscious that God himself was addressing him. Men blaspheme frightfully, but it is usually because they forget God and ignore his presence. But Cain was conscious. He was conscious that God was speaking to him. He heard him say, Where is Abel your brother? And yet he dared with the coolest impertinence to reply to God, I know not. Am I my brother's keeper? As much as to say, Do you think that I have to keep him as he keeps his sheep? Am I also a shepherd as he was? And am I to take as much care of him as he did of a lame lamb? I am my brother's keeper. You are your brother's keeper. We are our brother's keeper. This is the heart of God, that we should love one another sincerely, fervently, with a pure heart, tender-hearted and courteous, in the spirit of humility. Now let's clear something up today. In the words of a man used of God, in some senses, no man is his brother's keeper. For instance, First, every man must bear his own responsibility for his own acts before Almighty God. It is not possible for a man to shift from his own shoulders to those of another his obligations to the Most High. Obedience to the law of God must be personally rendered or a man becomes guilty. No matter how holy his father or how righteous his mother he himself will have to stand upon his own feet and answer for himself before the judgment seat of God. Each man who hears the gospel is responsible for the hearing of it. No one else can believe the gospel for him, repent for him, or be born again for him, or become a Christian for him. He must himself personally repent of sin personally believe in Jesus Christ, personally be converted, and personally live to the service and glory of God. Every tub must stand on its own bottom. There have been idle attempts to shift the responsibility to a certain order of men called priests or clergymen or ministers, according as the case may be, but it cannot be done. Each man must seek the Lord himself. Himself lay his load of sin at the foot of the cross and himself accept a personal Savior for himself. 
You cannot do with the matters of your soul as you do with the business of your estate. And employ a priest in the same way as you engage a solicitor to represent you. There is one substitute and advocate who can plead for us. But no earthly sponsor can avail with heaven. God demands the heart, and with the heart man must believe unto righteousness. And with his own heart too, for none can take his place. Personal service is required by the great king and must be rendered on pain of eternal destruction. No man can be his brother's keeper in the sense of taking upon himself another man's responsibilities. And again, no one can positively secure the salvation of another. Nay, he cannot even have a hope of the salvation of his friend so long as that other remains unbelieving. We must understand today that by the charge of the Lord we are in a high degree, each one of us, our brother's keeper. Where is your brother? The Canish spirit is one of hard-heartedness, evil. Why should I care for my brother? Is he my responsibility? Should I bother myself and burden myself to keep, guard, protect, watch for, restrain, and take care of my brother? I know not where he is. Should we not care for the souls of others? Should we not do good towards others? brothers and sisters, and yes, humankind. One asked Jesus, Matthew 22, verses 36 to 40, Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. How am I my brother's keeper? How can I fulfill the call? Have we heard of the Ten Commandments? Jesus brought them down to the two we just read. But what of the ten? Some are directed to God and some are directed to man. Let's look at the words found in Exodus chapter 20. The language of those directed horizontally. What does it say? You shall not murder. 
brother's keeper. You shall not commit adultery, brother's keeper. You shall not steal, brother's keeper. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor, brother's keeper. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, nor his male servant, nor his female servant, nor his ox, nor his donkey, nor anything that is your neighbor's. You know what it says in the Word? Beware of covetousness. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. Brother's keeper. I am my brother's keeper. You are your brother's keeper. Don't understand the language? Well, the message paraphrase reads like this. No murder. No adultery. No stealing. No lies about your neighbor. No lusting after your neighbor's house or wife or servant or maid, or ox, or donkey. Don't set your heart on anything that is your neighbor's. Do we still cry in the face of God? Am I my brother's keeper? Listen to these sobering words. Last of all, it may turn out, it may turn out that if we are not our brother's keeper, we may be our brother's murderer. Have any of us been so already? When were you converted? Will you kindly look back to your sins before conversion? He must be a very happy man who did not before conversion commit sins which injured others. And there are some persons whose lives before they turned to Christ were frightfully blended with the career of others, whom they have left in the gall of bitterness to perish. I have seen bitter tears shared, shed by men who have been of ill lives when they have recollected others with whom they sinned I am forgiven, I am saved, one has said to me. But what about that poor girl? Ah, me. One man has been an infidel, and he has led others into infidelity. And he has been saved himself, but he cannot bring those back again whom he tutored in atheism. Before conversion, you may have committed many a soul murder. Ought not this to stir you up to seek now, if possible, as much as lies in you to bring those to Christ whom once you led away, and to teach the living word, since once you taught the deadly word which ruins souls? Much solemn thought ought to arise out of this. Pray for the power of the Holy Ghost to work by you, 
to the salvation of those whom your evil influence drew towards the pit. We are called as the redeemed of the Lord to be our brother's keeper. Have we answered the call? Will we answer the call? This should change things in the streets. It should change things in the city. It should change things in the world. And it should change things in the church as we answer the call and fulfill the call. 1 John 4, 7, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. The Voice Bible reads, My loved ones, let us devote ourselves to loving one another. Love comes straight from God. And everyone who loves is born of God and truly knows God. See, the reality today is this. Love doesn't murder. Love doesn't commit adultery. Love doesn't steal. Love doesn't bear false witness against a neighbor. Love doesn't covet, crave neighbor's house, neighbor's wife, male servant, female servant, ox, donkey, or anything that is neighbor's. So what does love do? What is love like? 1 Corinthians 13, 4-7. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. Is not puffed up, arrogant. Does not behave rudely does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. The NLT reads, love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable. And it keeps no record of being wronged. My, how we struggle with that one. It does not rejoice about injustice but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. Brother's keeper. Where is your brother? 
Cain's works were evil. His deeds, wicked and malicious. You know, we read the story and it's like, how could he have done what he did? And why? Yet the Lord did not ask why. The Lord said, what have you done? Ask me why, Lord. Ask me why I did it. What have you done? Back to 1 John, reading from the message. My beloved friends, let us continue to love each other since love comes from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and experiences a relationship with God. The person who refuses to love doesn't know the first thing about God because God is love. So you can't know him if you don't love. This is how God showed his love for us. God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. This is the kind of love we are talking about. Not that we once upon a time loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to clear away our sins and the damage they've done to our relationship with God. You can have the worship team return today. Jesus Christ, the ultimate brother's keeper. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Do you know Jesus? His love for you led him to a cross. Without Jesus, the wrath of God rests on us. Nothing more than sinners in need of a Savior. We need Jesus. He's our only hope. Will you give your life to Him today? Will you purpose to follow Him from this day forward, to love Him, to serve Him? Will you live your life from this day forward, endeavoring to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind? And will you love your neighbor as yourself? For all of us here today that know Jesus as Lord and Savior, that know God as Father, that know the communion of the Holy Spirit, let us answer in this matter. Let us answer in this manner. I am my brother's keeper. Change in the streets. Change in the city. 
Change in the world and in our world. Change in the church. Change in our homes. Change in our families. Where is your brother? I know not. Am I my brother's keeper? Will we answer the call and fulfill the call? I wonder today, will we come out of self-focus, old nature, and evil motivation? Will we run with righteousness? A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. This is one of the greatest witnesses in the earth. When will the world see that we need Jesus? When sisters and brothers love one another as one. Brothers keeper. Comfort one another. Edify one another. Pursue what is good for yourselves and all. Exhort one another. Pray for one another. Brother's keeper. Brother's keeper. How will we answer the Lord today? Psalm 133, behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. If we're honest here today, we know the things that are stripping unity, that are hindering unity, that are having their way with unity. What have you done? Ask me why, Lord. What have you done? Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard that went down to the skirts of his garment. As the dew of Hermon and as the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord commanded the blessing, even life forevermore. A new commandment I give unto you, love one another. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. This command I've given to you to love one another. And what does it say? For there the Lord commanded the blessing in life forevermore. Where there is unity, there is the commanded blessing of the Lord. Unity in the home. Unity in the marriage. Unity in the church. Unity in our families. Brothers and sisters with sons and daughters, where there is unity, there is the commanded blessing of the Lord. 
Well, I'll be my brother's keeper when he's my keeper. I'll answer the call when he answers the call. Send me a note. Write me a letter. Let me know that he's answered right. Let's look to ourselves first. For the Lord comes to us and he says today, where is your brother? Where is your brother? Let's stand in the house today. Thank you, Lord. Lord, work on our hearts right now. As we open up, as we surrender to you, Lord, I pray that you would come and do what only you can do. You know each life, you know each family unit, you know the situations and the circumstances of life that are represented in this house, in this room this morning. Lord, I pray that where unity has been broken down, where unity, brethren dwelling together in unity, has been affected. Lord, I pray that we would humble ourselves and turn from evil intent and maliciousness, turn from covetousness. Lord, we would respond out of a spirit of humility. We would work the works of righteousness that unity might be set in place and in right order. That through us, Lord, who are united, you can fulfill your purpose in the earth. That your commanded blessing can flow not only our way, but through us to others. To effect change in the city, and change in the streets, and change in our world, and change in our homes, and change in our families, and change that will go down through the generations to come, should you tarry, Lord. As we answer the call, as we answer the call, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.